Hello, welcome back. Um, we're going to begin here in Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to continue with the Beatitudes of Jesus Christ and welcome to Matthew 6 and before we begin it is imperative to understand the context within the ch this chapter um, in all Beatitudes and first by the beginning to identify the audience and Jesus will teach the audience how to pray and but these are for those who are presently presently his disciples these are his disciples that he will teach how to pray in this audience and the multitude happened to be in the presence because if you look at beginning in matthew chapter 5 he says that jesus saw the multitude coming and he went up to the mountain and called to his disciples to come to him and these are who had come to jesus the multitude had come to jesus for obviously physical needs and emotional needs only but we are not to conclude that all that we are with Jesus, we are there for the king, kingdom's purpose. As Jesus was teaching his disciples, Jesus was teaching about kingdom purpose to his disciples only. And Jesus will later again, in the end, he will say to his disciples, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things, meaning the physical and emotional needs will be added to you and also the message of christ was not for the present uh, dispensation which was the mosaic uh, dispensation the law the time of the law again his message in fact this was this was at the precipice at the precipice of the dispensation of the previous dis dispensation regarding the law that he came and declared this new law and for example the high priest and that this was the time that everything were becoming corrupt the high priest and the priest were corrupt and not even attempt to follow God's law in the in the book of Moses and Christ Jesus came to offer them a new law he says you know concerning the new coming age you know which they will later on reject him altogether and but here jesus will also say you know that it is not right to pour in the new wine on the old wine skins speaking of the old the old ways and this is the new thing he's bringing to them and symbolizing that he came to give them something new a new commandment he was trying to offer to the nation of israel and not the old because the old he will fulfill in himself and because of he's the only one that can fulfill the law of moses jesus came to fulfill the law the old ways to, in himself and he's the only one that can keep it man cannot keep the old mosaic law the, the, the word of god in the mosaic law and jesus is the only one that is the perfect man to fulfill it also we see that this is not for the message was not for these present believers it was all scriptures again all scriptures were 
for us is giving for for the church the body of church all is giving for us but not all is written to us it's not written to us as um, my mentor dr j vernon mcgee will say but jesus is speaking again is speaking for the future dispensation for the millennial kingdom citizens in israel and the do's and don'ts that he mentioned here with them so we begin here in verse 1 it says and jesus says speaking again addressing to his disciples the multitude are there of course but jesus is directly addressing to his disciples and he giving them the do's and don'ts he says in verse 1 it says take ye that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them otherwise ye have no reward of your father which is in heaven now he's addressing these disciples now he's mentioning them and he's referring to them as god as the father now in the old testament um in an old dispensation you not they don't mention god as a father or you mention him as you know jesus has yahweh um el shaddai and they mention him as you know the lord god but here jesus is mentioning the father and he bringing this into personal he says don't give to be seen and he said don't give alms to be seen and otherwise you will not receive any reward from your father which is in heaven and again uh, this deals with pretense it deals with them concerning pretense don't pretend don't be because god is the one that sees all everything in the heart of man so in verse 2 he says therefore when thou doest thy arms do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be have the glory of man verily i say unto you they have their reward now he says in dealing with these hypocrites jesus says you know don't be like a hypocrite and don't sound uh, trumpets like they do in the synagogues and when people are giving arm it's very important not to be able to uh, as for us for believers to be careful with the public giving and there's this outward expression mostly in churches today you know that's marching through the aisle with um it's, it, it does minister a lot to the sign uh, uh, the sin of pride and again lord jesus rebuked this type of giving that you will come out and give in front of people and so people can see how much you give and again jesus is saying that don't be like this hypocrites again in verse 3 uh verse 3 and verse 4 it says but when thou doest arms let not thy hand know what thy right hand doeth that thy uh, that, that thy arms be in secret and thy father which see it in secret himself shall reward thee openly now it means to give uh, liberally and let not your arms be know exactly what what the what the right arm is doing or what the left arm is doing you know what what is given and here it means like we are to give in a way freely not some kind of calculative giving and we are trying to um, make something either brag about our giving and or you know 
give in a way that we are expecting something in return in a way that is calculated. I give you and I expect something in return. So this was what Jesus is mentioning. He says, rather give freely, give freely and um, and you, again, give freely and also give secretive. So your father in heaven can reward you openly. And then moving on, it says, and you see, because example, whatever we do in secret, God sees us and God will reward us in openly way. Okay, whether, whether it's a good or bad, God sees the entire thing in, in person. And in addition to that, uh, it's in Luke 14, 14, it says, you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Again, resurrection of the just is not as in the time of the dead in Christ in the church, uh, the time of the Lord's day in, as, in, as related to the church day. But here is it talks about the resurrection day, the, not, the, not the church. We have to separate completely those days from the church. You know, the church are going to have his day and the Israelites, the believe um, in those times in the millennial kingdom, they're gonna have their day. So in verse five, it says, "And when thou do it, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, are for for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they shall have their reward." Verse six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. Now again, mention secret here. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So you see, this, this is about uh, giving in a way, in a secret way, and also expecting that God will reward openly. So this is, again, prayer is a personal communication with God. We have to pray in secret. And here God, Jesus says, even in closet prayers, and God will reward you openly. As God did in many men, men of God in the past. If you recall, Elisha, Elisha, when in, in a... Uh, first Kings, I believe, first Kings chapter, you know, 11... Uh, excuse me, First Kings chapter 4, verses 32, he says, Elijah was, uh, when a child was laying dead in his bed, Elijah, you know, went out there for, and then he shut the door. And he, he came in and shut the door and go secretly and pray to God. And God raised the child. Also, Daniel was known for praying in secret. Daniel used to go into a uh, his house and he would close the doors and then he opened the window and pray in secret. Again, Jesus prayed in secret. He went into the mountains. So Jesus is telling them, whatever you do in secret, God is the one who's going to reward you in the open and not like the hypocrites that go out and, and sound the bells and give or march in the aisle and give money so men can be seen, uh, they, so they can be seen by men. Okay, moreover, in verse 7, he says, But when we pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father, 
Know it, what things you have need of before you ask. Again, he mentioned now he's talking about um, in relative to vain repetitions and or repetition prayers. And these are bad, of, of course. He says, just, you know, don't just sit there and mumble words without no meaning, like the Hebrew uh, heathens does, like what the heathen, the heathen do in those times. And, you know, they, they come with enchanting of their gods and saying all kinds of uh, vain repetitions. And, you know, preferably God only need a very few words. And he says, say what you mean. And God says, mean what you say. And here God says, you know, don't use many words. God hears you before we ask. And it's important to understand that before you are saying anything, you know, God already knows what you will say. And some may say, you know, why, why is it? Why should I pray then? What's the point of praying? And again, God still wants you to ask him. He wants you to ask him only when you ask him, you know, he will act. He wants you to, despite what he knows, if God knows your heart, he wants you to ask him and he'll ask. You see, you know, you have not because you ask not. God wants us to ask him, but not like as much as the heathens uh, in those days. You know, they just mumble words with no meaning and they're not directly um Referring to God at, at least, or speaking anything that um, that is relative to what that you know they're speaking to for God, they're not relating to God. They're just mumbling words. So Jesus corrected this um, way of in the manner of speaking. So you see, and then verse nine it says, "And after this manner, therefore, pray ye again." This is um, directly to his disciples. He's teaching his disciples how to pray after he have warned them contrary to what the heathens and also the hypocrites in the time of that age were, especially the Pharisees in relative to prayer with God. So God now he says after this manner, therefore pray ye our father. Now he makes he makes it personal. He said this is our Father, you're speaking to God as a Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He says, after this manner, therefore, you know, gives them a prayer pattern. And this is what it calls. This is not a Lord's prayer, uh, but this is a prayer pattern. Jesus is giving them the prayer pattern, how to pray. And, you know, because in Luke 11, verses 2, you say, when you pray, say, our Father, you see, and God is the Father of those who are redeemed. Now, he's speaking to the, the ones who are the redeemed. He's not speaking to all the audience. He's speaking to those who are redeemed and not for the unsaved. And says, you know, this is not a universal prayer pattern for those who are in the outside fate this is for those who are in fate in the in the time of that time he says this is what you have to pray you know you know jesus teaching his disciples how to pray and we cannot forget that the audience is for who 
our Lord is speaking, God is speaking to the audience. The, the audience is disciples. So we have to be careful not to miss the context or mix the, the direct people that God is speaking to, Jesus is speaking to. He said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is God's plan. He says, Thy will, God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus was conscious of the Father's will when he was here on earth. For instance, in Matthew 26, verse 39, he says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Okay, we are, we are to pray in the will of God. You know, this is the teaching he says, pray in the will of God. You know, all prayers are to address in the will of God. And then in verse, it says, verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Say, give us this day our daily bread. Now, the word of God is the bread here. And we need a fresh word of God every day. And you see Job, in Job 23, verses 12, he says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, today, too many believers are malnourished because they don't um, eat the word of God. They don't, you know, study the word of God every day. We have to digest the word of God. This is what it means. Give us our daily bread, you see. And, you know, not just uh, eat just your everyday portion. So... Um, it says, remove falsehood. <clears throat> in, Pro in Proverbs 30, verse 8, it says, remove falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with a lot of, uh, with a food allotted to me. It's now, it's referring to every day that God is to give us not too much or, or give us so much riches or so much less poverty, but, you know, just give us a portion of, you know, of what we need for as far as riches or wealth or anything but now jesus is mentioning this as like give us our daily bread meaning give us not things that is going to overwhelm us you know eat just your portion every day and we just need to digest the word of god every day it's in a small portion and what we need for the day and this is what it means here is and then he says forgive our debts Again, it says, Lord Jesus has, first of all, Lord Jesus has no debt. You know, so he's not speaking, this is not a Lord's prayer. The Lord Jesus has no debt. He's, a, he's God. He's, he's Christ. He's sinless. There's no debt. So he's teaching his disciples the pattern of prayer. I know people say that this is the Lord's prayer, but the Lord Jesus Christ has no debts. You know, he has no sin. So this is not our Lord's prayer, but our Lord's prayer pattern for teaching his disciples how to pray. And in, again, in verse 13, he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Ever. Amen. He says, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Again, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not saying, 
lead us not into trial. You see, we must go through trial. A, a believer is to go through trial. And God brings trial to, your, to our lives. God, you know, uses trial to grow us up, to, to chasten us as sons. And that's the way God uses. If you're a child of God, God will bring trial to you. But temptation is from the evil one. We are we are not we can we have to differentiate between trials and temptation. Tempta tempting is an evil one to cause you to sin. The the objective of temptation is to cause you to sin, to fall into sin. When while trial is to grow you up and give you more of uh, righteousness, virtue. You see, that's what, you know, in Romans 5, um, Romans 5 verse 3, I believe around Romans 5 verse 3 to 4, it says that we are perseverance brings us character and character gives us hope. You see, we are to endure perseverance. And these are trials that God will bring in our lives. If you're a child of the most high God, he will bring uh, trials to you. And you have to persevere in those trials. He says tribulations gives you perseverance, and perseverance uh, brings you character. So God uses trials, you know, frequently uh, to grow us up and to produce fruits of righteousness. While tempting, the devil is to tempt to give you sin, to make you cause to fall into sin. So this is a prayer that says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, because the evil one is the one that brings temptation. So moving on here, it says in verse, uh, it says in verse 14, it says, for if we forgive men, now after this prayer, Jesus has finished teaching the prayer. Now he continues here. It says, if we forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men, their trespasses, you know, neither will the heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Now, this is a conditional. This this deals with conditional. It says, if you forgive. Again, it's not mentioning, it's not related to the church. It's not related to the body of believers because, you know, he has, we are forgiven, um, so we can forgive others. You see, Christ has forgiven us, the church. So we can we are to forgive uh, others, you know, and we are to forgive because we are the children of God. This is our character. That's what marks the children of God, and authenticates the children of God is that we we are to forgive. Uh, again, forgiveness is God word virtue. We are to forgive others. Again, it says in Matthew, it says is it in Matthew 18, 35, it says, So my heavenly father will do to you if you each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So this is a conditional um word Jesus is using to those who are entering into the kingdom of God. And these are the uh, conditions he's setting them. But not for the church. The church already has been forgiven. We have we have to forgive automatically because we are the children of God, and that's our character is to be Godward and to be Christ-like. Again, and then in sixteen, 
verse 16. He said, moreover, when you fast, now speaking about fasting, he said, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto them to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Again, it differentiates between religious people and the true sons of God here. And then he says in verse 17, he says, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. Again, he mentioned again in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Again, fasting, <clears throat> fasting, praying, and giving is mentioned um, are all, are mentioned are all personal these are all personal between god and man and not for public demonstration and you know god always you know addresses this type of fast what fast means here and as he relates also in as, as he mentions again in isaiah in the old testament prophet he said isaiah 58 Verses 5 to 6, it says, is, is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and spread sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable year of to the Lord? Again, not just to fast. Again, Jesus says it's not just to fast on external and look, at, look for man to see. And the purpose of fasting is to hear again it continues in the our lord continues in isaiah 58 verse 6 he says concerning fast he says is not this the fast that i have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke again fasting is in secret jesus says our lord is speaking in in secret he says you know not for public uh, fasting is not for public demonstration, but to 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 be done in a in a secret way that our Lord will can will see that God can see and reward us in the openly. And then verse uh, nineteen it says, "Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up." For yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is also a very important verse here. It's a very treasurable uh, verse here. It says, speaking about treasures and treasures can be, you know, uh, used as three things that three things a treasure can be in a man's in a person's life it can be either your money your talents or your time this is what is referred to treasures if a man is born or a woman is born they have treasures you know they have treasures which is either talent or they can have accumulative of wealth also they can have accumulative of time to do a lot of things to please god you know, it says God says, "Are you investing in heaven for God's glory? Are you using all this time, talent, and money, or are you investing it in earth for vain glory?" 
Again, time can be stolen. Time can be stolen by procrastination. Again, procrastination is a thief of time. And earthly wealth can be uh, can rust and then or decay by moth or something easily or moth eating. Wealth can be eaten. And then talents can be corrupted. You can use talents, someone can have his talent corrupted if not you know giving it giving this talent back to god for god's uh for god's glory again here it says we mentions moth rust and thieves you know thieves are demons these are demons that can take away a man's uh, ability and all the things that man's purpose that he's supposed to give uh, to god again when i speak man i'm not i'm not saying just in gender I'm speaking about mankind, man, mankind as mankind, both man and woman. So we are to uh, we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. And God mentions, you know, treasure is where your heart, treasure is what guides your heart, and it is where your heart is. Again, Jesus will mention whatever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And verse twenty says, treasures guides your heart. That's what it does, and that's what your treasure is. Is it's what whatever guides you, is where your treasure is. You know, whether your treasure is in heaven, you would think heavenly, and whether your treasure is down here in the earth, you would think earthly. You know, C.S. It was C.S. Lewis that says, you know, if you think heaven, you have earth thrown in, but if you think earth, you have neither. So, you know, we are to make Jesus Christ our treasure. Christ is my treasure, you see. You know, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus and not down here. It says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Again, in verse 22, it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye is be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is thy darkness? Again, if I look at a woman in a perversive way, I will become a pervert. You know, my eyes are corrupt. If I look at things in a perversive way, you know, it will reflect my persons. It will reflect who I am. And again, in, rel in relative to this also, it's in Luke 11 verses 34 to 36 it says the lamp of the body is the eye therefore when your eye is good your whole body is also full of light but when you your eye is bad your whole body is full of darkness therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness and if again in verse 36 it says if then your whole body is full of light having no part of darkness the whole body is full of Will be the whole body will be full of light as when the brightening shining of the lamp gives you light. You see, example, you know, pornography, you know, can corrupt your members, you know, the motions of perverse person. You know, that's this what your eyes, the motions of a, uh, a, a corrupt eye. Again, believers ought to train your eyes to see through God's eyes. You see, we have to bless. Train our eyes to see in the eyes of God. It's, again, it says the light of the body is the eye. And the lamp of the body is the eye. 
and a good eye equals the, the whole body will be good but an evil eye makes the whole uh, body darkness and commit evil and it says in verse 24 <clears throat> it says no man can serve two masters for in either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon and he says and not serve money god and money it goes equally you know you some people focus on money some people focus on god and he, and he says you cannot serve them at the same time you can either you know serve one or the other and are you preaching christ or are you preaching about money you see money you know if you preach money and if you focus on money you're gonna hate christ but if you preach christ and focus on christ lord jesus you're gonna hate money those are mutually exclusive and then in verse 24 25 it says therefore i say unto you take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on it's not the life more than meat and the body than raiment again says take no thought of your life take no thought like speaking about life priorities you know you say it's comparison to the fowl of the air you know they neither reap nor sow or gather into bonds but you know god is always protecting them and this is a life that is utterly dependent on god jesus is saying we have to utterly uh focus on god and god is going to take care of us and he, he, he's just referring it to the as with the pharaoh you know the the the, the sparrow excuse me and then verse 26 and 27 says behold the fowls of the air for they sow not, neither again, say neither do they reap, nor gather into bonds, and your heavenly Father feeded them. Are they not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his statue? You know, worry does nothing but again create more fear. And Jesus says, worrying cannot add anything to you in your life. And then verse twenty-eight it says. And why take ye thought for Raymond? Consider the ladies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye? of little faith you see compares it with the grass on the field the grasses of the field has better clothing and it was the lilies the lilies of the field were dressed well than solomon in his glory days and if god can clothe them and take care of those things will he not take care of you and then in verse 31 it says therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? He said, don't worry about where, what you're going to eat, wear, or drink. And then the necessary item, you see, you see, all the wants, all these things, you know, all these wants, all these, you know, 
But, but God says that the necessary items will be added to you. Do not worry about the necessary items. And he says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you need of all these things. Again, he's mentioning about the needs <clears throat> of people, the needs of his disciples. God will see your needs. And he says, the Gentiles, again, the Gentiles are unbelievers in those days and they were like today men and women who um only seek money and they only seek clothing and even covetous preachers that you know they are only seeking about money like pro, uh, prosperity gospel gospel preachers you know they, they deal with money and talk about money all the time but jesus is not referring to about anything about wants He's saying these necessary items that you are not to worry about them. And then here is some, this is a summation of it. It says in verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto this day is evil thereof. Again, he's saying this to his disciples. He's not mentioning it to the entire uh, audience, but he's speaking directly to his disciples. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all the rest will be added to you. And he's mentioning these are th things, things he's, he's speaking about it are not wants. It's not mentioned, talking about wants. God doesn't want you to have. Uh, multiple cars or multiple uh, jewelries, but if, if if you have one cloth and that does the will of God, if you are if you are a person who uh, satisfy with having just one of of a, a significant thing, a need, then God is it, you know this is what God promised. He will clothe you and not extravagant lifestyle. This has nothing to do with extravagant lifestyle. And but it says sufficient of the day, sufficient of the day mean access, access of things, sufficient, having too much of things, you know, things, you know, again, things are needs. He's mentioning when he speak about things, he's mentioning the need of a thing. So excess clothing, excess food and drink, shelter, luxurious items and cars, you know, or donkeys in those days, all are you know, sufficient. These are evil. He's speaking about these are things the Gentiles they're seeking. These are the idolatry, and and the God of this world. You know, um, I leave here with the quote of Martin Luther. He said, "The God of the world is riches, pleasure, and pride, wherewith it abuses all the creatures and the gift of God." And this is Martin Luther in in. The 16th century table talk mentioning about this and this is what people misunderstood they think that God is going to give them so much of these material wealth and all these things you know God can promise you things there's no it can give you extra things but again but, but that's not what God promised God doesn't promise that he's gonna give you more of these things okay in his in his divine um providence he can give extra you see but god god wants you to promise that he will take care of you he will give you clothes food to eat and 
uh, a house to sleep in. And well, we're going to continue on again in chapter uh, Matthew chapter seven, and we're going to close with the Beatitudes. But until then, we're going to we're going to continue on. Until then, precious saints, God bless.